Well, a very good morning to you and welcome to Brighton Road. Delighted to see you here this morning. Delighted to, to welcome those of you who are joining us online. If for whatever reason you weren't with us on New Year's Day, let me wish you a very happy New Year and uh, pray for God's blessing upon you in, in the coming year. This is part of our, our weekend of prayer. We've had some very good sessions yesterday and on Friday night as part of that weekend of prayer and some of the responses are available on the display boards over there. We're meeting again half past three this afternoon. You're very welcome to join us. And tonight at half past six, there's an evening service, which will include an opportunity to reflect on what we feel God has been saying to us through the prophet Isaiah. So I hope you'll be able to join us then as well, either in person or online. Just to flag up that week by week, uh, we prepare material for reflection on the theme of each Sunday's service that you can use for your own personal devotions or work through over a cup of coffee with a friend. Some of the life groups use that material for their meetings and they find it worthwhile. You can find it quite easily on the homepage of our website, Material for Reflection, and there was also a link included in the electronic version of the bulletin. So if you've not accessed that before, have a look and feel free to make use of it. The first material for this year is available from this week onwards and it follows the theme of our Sunday services. One other announcement, I'm afraid to say that for health reasons, PMA is cancelled tomorrow. There is no PMA tomorrow, so please can you pass the news on to anybody else who might not be aware of that. Thank you. Our call to worship is on the screen. Can I invite you to respond by saying together the words in yellow? Faithful God, good Father to us all, creator and redeemer, we worship you today. Beloved Jesus, who came and lived among us who showed us how to live. We worship you today. Holy Spirit, giver and sustainer of life, who guides us day by day in wisdom and in truth. We worship you today. Stand and sing, Lord, I come before your throne. Oh 
Because God is faithful, there is a verse in Hebrews which we can take to heart. Let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because God is faithful when we need him, he is there for us and his grace is with us. If grace were footwear, what kind of shoe would God give us? It's been said that we spend half our lives in bed and the other half on our feet, so having comfortable stuff on our feet is actually really important. So do you think of grace as a pair of slippers? Really cosy and comfortable for keeping your feet warm. The more luxurious they are, the better. Anybody get slippers at Christmas? Yes, nice ones. Yeah, great, that's good. But that's not the kind of footwear God gives us. That's not the kind of comfort God gives us. We know that Paul connected shoes to the gospel of peace, and we think of peace as kind of putting our feet up by the fireside, but the whole verse is the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So the gospel isn't about closing the door and settling down. It's about going out and sharing. So the, the boots that God gives us actually are walking boots. And comfortable boots like this are not a luxury. If you're going on a long hike, they are essential if you're going to get to the end without serious blisters on your feet. This is the kind of God grace God gives us. This is the kind of comfort God gives us. He doesn't invite us to put our feet up by the fire and relax and be cosy. He says, get your boots on. Come with me. Let's work together. Let's go into this new year together. And as we journey with him, he's with us every step of the way. And our feet are shod with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. May God give you the grace you need for every step of the journey, even if it's tough, in this coming year. Let's commit our future to God. Our future hangs on this. You make preciousness from dust. My future hangs on this. You make preciousness from dust. Please don't stop creating me. Changes everything in my world. 
into the world, moving into our neighbourhood, living amongst us. And thank you that in him we know that we are loved by you as well. Thank you that you sent your son to die and rise again, so that with him we can leave all the rubbish of the past year on the cross and be born again and filled with your spirit to live for the coming year with life and true freedom in you. Thank you that you've chosen us. Thank you that your love never ends despite our failings and our shortcomings. Thank you that you chose to come to earth and be flesh amongst us. We thank and praise you, our heavenly King, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to sing praise to Christ, the Lord incarnate. As we do so, can I invite children to go upstairs to be our BK? May God bless you, give you a fantastic time upstairs as you do so. seated and Brian would like to come and lead us in our prayers of concern. Thank you.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with heavy hearts for all our brothers and sisters around the world who face persecution for their faith and belief in you as their Lord and Saviour. Indeed, Father, we think of all those without faith who are simply trying to lead normal lives in their own country, who are under constant attack and fear of their lives from religious extremists and fanatical leaders. Other countries where the basic human rights are being deprived of. One of the most prominent areas of concern is, is the constant bombardment of, the Ukraine, of U Ukraine from Russian forces. Father, by your mighty hand, can you please bring fighting to an end, be instrumental in restoring peace between Russia and Ukraine. Make nations friendlier with other nations. Help us to love one another like brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of colour, race, faith or gender. Lord, in your mercy, hear yeah, our yeah. prayers. Father, we all have concerns about the environment, the constant changes and weather patterns, the extremes that are felt around the world. We mourn the loss of lives due to the devastating storms that hit North America in recent weeks. Climate change is contributing to more droughts around the world. Sadly, we have individually, as communities of nations, failed to care for the, the earth that you so wonderfully created. Lord, we pray that you would grant us wisdom to enable us to restore and care for your world. Help us to reduce our carbon footprint and a reduction in the amount of plastics that pollute our atmosphere and ocean. Lord, in your mercy, hear Amen. our prayers. Lord, we now pray for concerns relating to our own country, the cost of living crisis impacting on the lives of many thousands of families across our country. Sharp rises in the price of electric, gas and oil, as well as prices increases in food. We pray for all those who are struggling to pay their way. We praise the work of all the food banks and all those who contribute. Lord, at present there is much unrest in different areas of our infrastructure wealth strikes, postal workers and the NHS, to name but a few. We pray that our government will hold talks with unions and work leaders to resolve issues around pay and working conditions. We pray especially for the NHS, as we know there's so much pressure since the outbreak of COVID. And we ask and we pray that more carers will come into the industry to alleviate the pressure on the wards. Lord, in your mercy, hear yeah. Father, we bring to you our church family here at Brighton Road. We pray for your healing presence within those who are sick. Pour out your compassion on those, all those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Comfort all those who are lonely and cut off due to illness and frailty. We thank you for the work of our ministers, Tim and Michael, and all our deacons, plus a worship team that keep us close to you. Father, we lift to you all our prayers that have been said over this weekend, that they will draw us closer to you and keep us on the right path, serving our Lord Jesus Christ. We offer all these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.
Our reading today is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in all our troubles, so that we may, we can comfort those in, our, those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Thanks, Anne. Brian, in, in our prayers, remembered the food banks and of the work that's done with people who are struggling. Can I ask you to pray for Saturday Kitchen, which begins this coming Saturday, providing a, a free meal to families uh, with preschool or primary school aged children as part of our service to the community. So pray for the team as they look for launching that this coming Saturday uh, and pray for that to be a good outreach and an effective one into our community. Thank you. Let's stand and sing together Jesus Restore to us again the gospel of your holy name that comes with power, not words alone. And my prayer is that as we listen to God's word and reflect on it in a few moments, that would come with power, not just words. So let's stand and sing this together and make it our <laughs>
So we continue our theme of working through to Corinthians, reflecting on the way in which God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And last week we thought about the opening verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul says hello and issues a pretty standard form of greeting. And then he continues, as is his want, with a benediction. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's worth noting, in passing, that for Paul, Jesus defines who God is. Paul didn't go to the Builder God workshop to design and customise his own deity in accordance with his own personal preferences. The thing about Jesus is he narrows the options when it comes to God. We can't pick and choose the kind of God that suits us, that we would like to belong to or, or feel we want to worship. Jesus reveals God as he really is. And there's a take-it-or-leave-it dimension to this. God is who Jesus says he is. You can like it or lump it. But there's only one real God on offer. Different branches of the church have different perspectives on him. You can catch glimpses of other facets of his nature in some other religions, sometimes with startling clarity. But if you want the definitive picture of what God is like, the only show in town is the one where God makes himself known as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the God whom we worship and whom we serve here. And it's also Paul's standard greeting. But then he amplifies it by going on in a specific direction to the Corinthians in this letter by talking about this God as the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. This is the God who extends compassion and mercy to you as his people. And if you're feeling a bit demoralised or a bit demotivated at the start of 2023, perhaps it's good to be reminded that this God is the one who brings his consolation into our desolation. Maybe that's not a message that you need to hear just now. One week into the new year, if you are upbeat and positive about life, then I'm delighted for you. Share that goodness with everybody else around you. Spread a bit of light and cheer. But if, on the other hand, things are getting to you and dragging you down a bit and the new year already feels like hard work, it might be cold, dark days, inflation, train strike, the NHS, the media coverage about Prince Harry, your own tiredness or poor health or the general state of the world, you name it, there is so much to drag us down it may be good just to remember that Jesus defines God for us as a God who comes alongside, who is the God of consolation and compassion, who sympathises with our weaknesses and does so firsthand. Because in Jesus, God has lived among us at the sharp end of human existence. He knows how difficult life can be. He knows what it's like. And that's why his compassion for you is not some abstract quality. It's forged in the realities of human suffering and hardship because God has entered into the human situation so he knows exactly what it's like. And it's out of that position of identification with us, of being one with us in our weakness and immortality, 
that God comes alongside to support us. The God we belong to, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the God of compassion and comfort. So if the way ahead at the moment looks tough, and I guess it does for lots of us who have looked ahead to see what the coming year might bring, remember, God is the God who walks alongside you. So, I remember as well the illustration earlier that it's boots. <laughs> and he gives us comfortable boots for the tough road ahead. If you don't need that message at the moment, glory. But tuck it in your back pocket because the time will come when you do need it. You do need to know that God is the God of consolation and compassion, the Father of all comfort. He's there for you when you will need him. Some of you might remember the tagline for comfort fabric softener. Softness is a thing called comfort. Does that come to mind? No, no. ITV watchers will remember it, I'm sure. I, I remember it from a while back. And I, I went to see when the advert first came out. It came out in 1969. Isn't that horrific? Um, but I, I think those adverts have, have shaped our understanding of what comfort is like. It's all about snuggling in to cosy nightwear, being wrapped in cotton wool. The advert says softness is snuggling in to a cosy nighty and being wrapped in cotton wool. Be interesting to see how much our understanding of comfort has been shaped by that kind of advertising campaign. So we, we do associate comfort with putting our feet up, being so cosy and warm that we feel like we never want to move. And compared to that, the dictionary definition of comfort sounds a bit bland. Relief, encouragement, ease, quiet enjoyment, freedom from annoyance. Well, I guess that sounds pretty good, but it's not quite the same as the visual image of a duvet, is it? But actually, that image, that kind of language, is a bit at odds with the original meaning of the word comfort. Etymology is no guide to the current meaning of a word, but comfort originally meant with strength, con plus fortis, strength being given. So to comfort someone isn't just to wrap them up in cotton wool and make them feel cosy with a nice cup of tea. It can be about encouraging them. It can be about putting courage within them giving them a sturdy pair of boots for the road ahead rather than a pair of fleece-lined slippers by the fire. Don Garland puts it well. The comfort that Paul has in mind has nothing to do with a languorous feeling of contentment. It's not some tranquilizing dose of grace that only dulls pains, but a stiffening agent that fortifies one in heart mind and soul. Comfort relates to encouragement, help, exhortation. God's comfort strengthens weak knees and sustains sagging spirits so that one faces the troubles of life with unbending resolve and unending assurance. I'm not underestimating the kind of comfort that makes you feel better if you've got a blinding headache or toothache than the kind of relief, ah, when that eases is amazing. And that is a facet of God's comfort, but also it is the comfort that says, come on, 
get on with it. Find the resources you need to face the future. There is quite a famous image from the Bayer Tapestry, annotated in Latin by the phrase, Bishop Odo, holding his club, comforts the boys. And you can see Bishop Odo quite clearly in the picture. He's the one holding the big club. He's encircled in a blue oval, which is there. He was William the Conqueror's brother-in-law. As bishop in the church, he wasn't allowed to carry a sword into battle. So he got round it by wielding this big club instead. I have to say, it doesn't much look to me as if he's comforting anybody. (laughs) But maybe it's his readiness to wade into the fray that encourages the more faint-hearted of William's troops. It's not a comfort that says, there, there, it's all going to be all right. Because manifestly, for many of them going into battle, it wasn't going to be. But it is the kind of comfort that says, come on, you can do this. Let's go in and fight this fight together. And the comfort he gave inspired others to follow his example. I'm no historian, but I can categorically state that there were no duvets available at the Battle of Hastings. And then, when you talked about comfort, it was that kind of comfort. Come on, we'll fight this fight together. The first psychologist to recognise the importance of encouragement for human development was arguably Alfred Adler. The Viennese Viennese psychotherapist who died in 1937. He emphasised how important relationships and connection to others are for human well-being. And he drew attention to the positive effects of feeling that you belong to a social group. If we recognise that belonging is important, then Adler's the man who established that as as important for psychological well-being. He's credited with saying that the only normal people are the ones you don't know very well. He was also big on saying that people spend their lives overcoming innate feelings of inferiority that are expressed typically in having a bad temper or in being oversensitive. To be human is to feel inferior and we spend our lives trying to compensate for that. And his followers would argue that a key antidote to inferiority is receiving encouragement from others. The goal of encouragement is giving people the confidence they need to be different. Maybe to be themselves. To facilitate the development of their inner resources. To have the courage to to move, to change, to be positive. Encouragement from others can be the key to me overcoming my own feelings of being inferior. It makes a positive difference if we have someone who will listen attentively to us, point out our strengths, validate our goals, accept us, genuinely smile at us and with us, communicate confidence to us, laugh at our bad jokes. Encouragement makes all the difference in the world to how we feel about ourselves and about our capacity to live life well. So maybe we should read 2 Corinthians 1 for differently. 
rather than God comforting us. Maybe we should think of God encouraging us in all our troubles so that we can encourage those in any trouble with the encouragement that we ourselves have received from God. As God encourages us, or as we receive encouragement from others, let's pass that on and build each other up within the fellowship of God's people. And such encouragements, through a word, through a letter, through an email, through coming alongside, through listening, through spending time, through being attentive and positive, such encouragement can transform us. It can lift us from despair to hope, from sorrow to love, from fear to joy. Adler also said, there is no such thing as talent. There's pressure. And it's pressure that builds gifts and talents and abilities. It's in adversity that our skills are forged. It's as we overcome difficulty that we grow and develop and become stronger and better and more competent. It's by being pushed that we find ourselves able to cope with more. Tolstoy said, it is by those who have suffered that the world has advanced. And if these men are right, then that makes sense as to why Christianity is not about putting your feet up in comfort by the fire. It is about experiencing hardship. Because God is shaping and moulding and equipping us to be effective for him. Outside the Bible, the word translated in in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 as affliction means pressure. The God who comforts us when we're under pressure. The God who encourages us when we're under pressure. It is God who gives us the resources to cope when we are being squeezed. Or when the path narrows and we get scratched by thorns or grazed by the rough surfaces that hem us in. Adversity is character building. And it's a tough world out there. And God doesn't invite us into a cosy place where we can forget about the world. God brings us in, yes, but he brings us in to send us out as people who will go and make a difference. Not people who will bolt the door against adversity, who will put worship songs on their headphones and hope that everything else will just go away. God encourages us because he needs people of courage living for him and serving him on a daily basis. That's the purpose of his encouragement. And praise is to bring glory to God and it strengthens us for whatever it is he calls us to do. And he uses us to encourage each other. We walk down the road together. That is one of the big differences that being part of a Christian fellowship makes. We support each other on the way. And Paul makes that point very clearly. God comforts, consoles and encourages us so that we may comfort, console and encourage each other with the comfort and courage and consolation we ourselves have received from God. And that is God's preferred way of working among us. 
working through us so that his grace towards us is channeled through the lives and the compassion of those around us for each other. The Holy Spirit would always rather work through people rather than directly, rather than a direct injection of encouragement and comfort. The Holy Spirit would rather that came through you to me or through me to you. So we support one another along the hard road ahead. And at the Lord's table we covenant to stick together through thick and thin, to walk together, to watch over each other. The root meaning of the word we translate as comfort or encouragement is one called alongside. And that's how we encourage each other. We come alongside each other to be there for each other, to be with each other, and to walk the road together. And the encouragement we offer each other includes comfort as part of the package. We will support each other during this difficult time. There is no unsympathetic or unrealistic expectation that you should simply buck your ideas up and get on with it. We weep with those who weep. And we walk dark paths with those who can't see the light. We hold hands with those who are alone. So that in whatever way the sufferings of Christ are spilling over into someone else's life, the comfort and encouragement of Christ is there for them as well, because we are there for them as well. As channels of that consolation, compassion and encouragement to one another. And because of that commitment to one another, because of the encouragement that we extend to each other, because of the way in which we come alongside each other, we can face 2023 with all the unknowns that it brings because we share in each other's problems and we share in the comfort and encouragement of Christ together. That's the difference being part of God's family can make at the start of this new year. And as we encourage each other and are there for each other, that's the difference being part of God's family here will make as this year unfolds with all the unknown quantities that it brings. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. You call us sometimes to walk dark and difficult paths. But you never call us to walk them alone. Thank you for those who do pray for us. Thank you for those who are there for us and with us. And if we feel isolated, Lord, we cry out to you and pray that you would put the support that we need in our path. And Lord, if there are people who need to hear from us, put them in our hearts and minds that we might be the comfort and consolation that you, you want to bring into their hearts through us. But would you bind us together into the family of God in this place so that in the coming year, we give and receive the comfort 
the consolation, the encouragement that you bring into our lives together by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to share in communion together, let's sing, Come See the Lord in his breathtaking splendour. Spread for a feast, bread for breaking, wine poured for drinking, signs of his love and hospitality, symbols of his life broken, his blood poured out. And yet he is not dead. In accordance with God's covenant grace and promise, Jesus is risen and present among us. So together we come in faith to the table as companions on the journey. Some of us fresh and eager. Others weary in need of nourishment. 
all of us, conscious of our failings. So come, don't hesitate. The feast is ready, and the Lord himself invites you. There are words on the screen I'd invite you to join together in saying. Creating and redeeming God, we give you thanks and praise. Your covenant of grace was made for our salvation in Jesus Christ our Lord. We come this day to covenant with you and with companion disciples to watch over each other and to walk together before you in ways known and still to be made known. Pour your spirit upon us. Help us so to walk in your ways that the promises we make this day and the life that we live together may become an offering of love, our duty and delight, truly glorifying to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As part of this service around the Lord's table, we, we dedicate our deacons this morning, commit them to God and pray for them. They will make a promise to us, we will make a promise to them, and then there's an opportunity for us all to dedicate ourselves to God's service for the coming year. So if you're a deacon, can I invite you to stand, please? And let me ask you, do you believe God has called you through his church to serve as deacons? And do you promise in dependence upon his grace to exercise this ministry faithfully? Brilliant, thank you. And the answer to your question is we will. Will you, as members of the, this church, confirm the call of God to our brothers and sisters to serve this church as deacons? And will you support and encourage them in this God-given ministry? Great, thank you. If you're up the front, can I invite you to go and stand just in the congregation where people can, you can be close to people, is that all right? So yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And can I invite you to stand and if, if you feel able, just get close to them, place a hand close to them, and so as we pray for them, they are surrounded by you in our prayers. So can I invite you to stand and just surround them, place them towards them, place a hand close to them, and we will pray for them and commission them to God's grace and care. Loving God, we thank you for the way in which you call women and men into partnership with you for the sake of your saving purposes for the world. You call us in Christ. You empower us by your Spirit so that your church may be built up on your gospel proclaimed and lived. We thank you for these sisters and brothers whom you've called to serve you within this fellowship as deacons. We thank you for all that you give us through them. Their following of Jesus. Their willingness by your grace to serve together their readiness to sacrifice their time, the wisdom, gifts and dedication that they bring. And as we commission them for this ministry, we pray for your blessing upon them. Guide and equip them by your Holy Spirit 
that your church may grow in wisdom, love and unity, that your name may be glorified among us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And can I invite you all to join together in saying the words on the screen? Because if we chance to commit ourselves, sorry Ken, <laughs> as well as the deacons to God, we say together, this day we give ourselves again to the Lord and to each other to be bound together in fellowship and to work together in the unity of the Spirit for the sake of God's mission. Amen. Please be seated or return to the front, depending on where you're at. And as we come to share bread and wine together, we'll sing at this table. Let's stand and sing this together. It was the night of Passover. Jesus and his friends were sharing supper together. While they were eating, he told them that one of them would betray him. They were appalled and protested, saying, Not I, Lord, I would never betray you. But Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, Take this and eat. This is my body. 
and he took the cup of wine. And after giving thanks, he passed it among them, saying as they drank, this is my blood of the covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. I will not drink again until the day comes when I drink with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, you are our creating and redeeming God. We thank you for your covenant of grace. A covenant given to sinful people who need forgiveness. A covenant in which the weary are refreshed, the hungry are nourished, the captives set free, the oppressed are liberated. And thank you for choosing us to be part of your story. Thank you for Jesus, who has revealed to us your love in his death and resurrection, and who continues to share his life with us through bread and wine. And thank you for your Holy Spirit, who sustains us in our walk together, who helps us to watch over each other, to pray for each other, to encourage each other, to work together for justice and truth. Then as we eat this bread and drink from the cup, May we be empowered to serve boldly wherever you may call. We ask these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One people, one loaf, one sign and testimony to the generosity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take this bread, food for faith, and feed on it with thanksgiving. We eat the bread as we receive it. This cup is a sign of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Covenant sealed in the blood of Jesus. We drink. We are grateful. We remember. We keep the cup so that we can drink together.
body, the blood of Christ was shed for you. Thanks be to God. Holy God, we've been nourished and had our thirst quenched through broken bread and poured out wine. And we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and all that this bread and wine mean to us. Send us out from here to be generous to those we meet this week as you have been generous to us, that we might show through word and deed that Jesus is not dead but risen and present amongst us, alive and active in your world. We pray this in your name. Amen. Stand and sing together, there is a hope that burns within my heart. Yeah.
going to invite us to say the grace. I'm going to invite you, if you feel free to do so, to join hands with the person that you're next to. If you would rather not because of COVID, then respect that and just gesture in each other's direction warm-heartedly. But let's express our fellowship together by joining hands if we can, with at least one person, or just, you know, reaching out, reaching out in that kind of way. So let's say together the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.